guess they, they, okay, they had a band. There was no, and, but there was one where they had a talking dune buggy. There was a, a cartoon that they had a talking dune buggy. Yeah, that seems right. And they solved crimes. <laughs> Everything was teenagers solving crimes for like five years in the seventies. Which is, you know, I, I don't know why they didn't learn anything. I think instead of cops, we should have teenagers doing crime solving. We're accidentally doing an episode. I just wanted to record an ad vault, but we're doing an episode right now. Well, so, we need to pad um, time. We're recording this because we recorded an episode with um, another fellow whose name escapes me because that was like a month ago. And uh, well, let's let's just start from the the beginning. Yeah, I, you give you you yeah. yeah. You. So what we did, we we did something a little bit different. We've talked in the past about uh, going to cities. I don't know if we've done it on the air or just between us. It's all, it's but, all the same. Yeah, we, we've since we know so many people in so many different places, and it's hard for them to get here, but it's easier for us to go there. We've decided, well, you know what? Let's do it. Let's go and set up for a day or two mm-hmm. somewhere. And one of those chances just happened, um, sort of by accident. And we went to Philadelphia. We went to Helium Comedy uh, in Philadelphia, which is a comedy club that pulls big names from all over the place. Um, I've performed there a handful of times, unrelated. Helium is kind of a big deal. It's kind of a big deal. And you've performed there, so uh, you're so kind of a big deal. So it's less of a big deal. No, I've... you're the big deal. The, the big deal infuses you. You are, you are not fused with the big deal. You have been infused <laughs> with the big deal. I become the big deal. I'm helium teen. You are big deal. You are biggest deal. I, I've lowered helium's stock value by a considerable amount. But in turn, they've raised yours. They have raised mine. It's it evened out. You can say I performed at Helium, but you, people go to Helium and they say, "Oh, that Pridgen guy performed here." Ew. <laughs> it's thermodynamics. You got to clean the place before I come here. They should and thermodynamics. But it's it's a very clean place. It was when we got there. Not so much. Um, when we not left. so much when we left. But we, uh, our first guest ever, Latisse, um, had us there and. She just started sending people up to where we were. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had set up by the uh, by the bar because there was a show happening. Yeah, it was uh, a fundraiser. It was a fundraiser for a comedian, Mike Brooks, who I'm going to talk about uh, later on. Yeah, so normally we know the people who we talk to, mm-hmm. um, and we play a game with them. And we didn't know how many people we were going to get. We didn't expect to talk to anybody, I don't think. I figured one and, or two people. Yeah, but we had what, four or five people show up to us. It was all, pretty cool. Yeah, knowing only my name. Yeah, once so, they once they started cycling through, they didn't stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we so were they, we were going str- consistent for like three hours. Yeah, yeah, just one after the next, and it was great. Everything we got was fantastic. I think each person we had touched on something different and something very meaningful. Yeah. And it was it was very good what we did. So I'm happy about it and so the next couple of episodes after this will be um all the people that we spoke with at Helium in Philadelphia. I, yeah, we both were like maybe maybe this is it. Yeah. So we um, have we haven't recorded one of these in a while. We haven't recorded in a, in a long time. Uh so We kind of stopped recording unceremoniously. Mm-hmm. We didn't say anything. Yeah, things have gotten a little crazy in my personal life, but that's a different thing. We're uh, back. I've been and dealing with a couple things on my own, but yeah, we're we're back. We're doing stuff. Yeah. We're recording again, and we are at Helium in Philadelphia. We told you we'd start touring in the fall, and I let's say this is our first stop. 
Congratulations, Andy. We finally did it. Yeah. Can we get that? Like, can we get the fist bump on the microphone somehow? Oh, there it is. Ah! There's a, there's a little spike on the thing. I, I punched his punch. You did. He, he grabbed just for the, those people who can't to, see us. I wanted us. to make sure we could get it. I didn't want like a, a soft, like, meaty, like, I wanted yeah. something. And it was good. I mean, it, it got the point across. My knuckles hurt. Yeah. I just did it to myself. And my oh, I'm hurting, hurt. too. It's not good. Sorry I subjected you to this. Hello. How's Hi. it going? I'm Mike. What's going on? So, are you our first victim today? Oh, yes. I'll, I'll be him. I'll, I'll be Huckleberry. Wonderful. Yeah, this is a very unceremonious uh, recording structure. Normally, we start and we have a guest who's, like, already ready to go. But that's we're just kind of hopping right in. Yeah, that's yeah. his dick out. All right. <laughs> the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, I'm Chris Cotton, man. How, how's everything going? What are, what are we talking here? What are we doing? What are we doing? So, this we, we call this show the All Serious Very Adult Podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, I like to... I'm basically marketing to people who are who may not know somebody that's in the entertainment industry. I'm fortunate enough to know a lot of people in the entertainment industry. Except for me. So except I'm, for you. But I, see, I'm getting to know you. Now. I'm excited to meet you. Chris. And I'm fortunate enough to know you. And he's fortunate enough to know me. So I'm his friend in comedy, mm-hmm. and we are the internet's friend in comedy that and works, entertainment. Man. Yeah, all like so, 500 of them. <laughs> Normally, when when I get people in here, I always have to ask them, "What made you want to do this?" So, oh man, no, I wanted to do it since I was a little little kid, and uh, and I was like, "This is it. This is it for me. This is all I want to do." Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's sad. With sad. some of us, that's just all it is. You know, my my mom always told me she's like, as soon as I got into comedy, she's like, "Yeah, I knew this was gonna happen." Oh, I was talking about podcasting too. <laughs> I don't know how she knew about podcasting when he was a baby. Been, that was, oh, she's, yeah, she saw the podcast and she's like, oh, let's steer away from that. We like he's that been somewhere. plotting this for 20 years. Uh, Slow burn. This is the part they're not proud of. <laughs> That's funny. No, no stand up, yeah, stand up. It, it was what I And I'm not saying that trying to be corny. It was what I wanted to do. My mom liked to laugh. So I wanted to, uh, I like making people laugh and make people happy. My mom was sick growing up and she liked to laugh. So I was like, I figure. It's money to be made. I've seen that people was making money off of it. I just say I could do that. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's it. That's literally it. Hey, and as it works. Simple as it is to and a certain extent. Making like you know, getting a paycheck. Say you get a paycheck that's a thousand dollars from a regular job. Mm-hmm. You get a paycheck that's or you get a, a check that's written out to you for a hundred dollars from a comedy club, and mm-hmm. you feel way richer than that thousand. I don't know about that. Thousand dollars, still thousand dollars. Money margins aren't still what they are. I can't yeah. listen. Gold is still worth gold. Yeah, uh, so, <laughs> uh, but no, but I, no, I understand what you're saying. It, it, it is a more fulfilling uh, chunk of cash uh, when you're doing something you like to do. It doesn't feel like you're working as hard. But trust me, comics, we find a way to complain. You know what I mean? Oh, you can give the perfect gig in the perfect time. Packed house, whole nine, money you want, and you'll be like, ah, this fucking water in here tastes funny. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's how simple it is for us. Well, you go up, and that's the time you have a nose whistle going uh, on. Dude, that's that's that. <laughs> what is that noise? I'm breathing. I'm sorry for breathing, people. You know what I mean? He's accompanied uh, by a boys' choir. What's happening? In his I went, ass. I went to one of Mike's shows once. He tried to drown himself. On, he had so many water bottles. He was trying to drown himself on stage. Hey, if Robin Williams can do three gallons on stage, I can too. <laughs> it was ridiculous. I can hit a gallon and a half, maybe. Oh, that's funny, man. Yeah, but no, yeah, this is. Yeah, this, I'm sorry, this is the first time we're meeting. Uh, I enjoy doing podcasts. Hopefully. One of these days we can sit down for a longer amount of time, and I'm not uh, uh, tied into doing um, uh, telling jokes for 
big homie, uh, Mike Brooks, man. So listen, yeah. man, I, I don't, I don't know what we're going to do from here. I know this, this is the last of the benefits. Hey, maybe we'll do something yearly. I don't know. I'm tired of feeling emotions. Is that is that bad? Uh, As a human being, I, I am so tired of feeling emotions. I feel emotions it. suck. Yeah, because yeah. you're, you're stuck in like, oh, this is a good cause, but you're like, oh, we gotta do this again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm all down to feeling emotions for, it's like you for the pull, next you month. Gotta pull, you pack that box away already. You don't want to uh, pull it out again. Well, I, you know what's bad as sucks as, as weird as it sounds. I, I pretty much uh, helped. I was one of the main organizers of all three of these, so my dumb ass is the one that's causing all these emotions. <laughs> And I could have stopped that one, but I was like, three, that's the number, three. And I was like, what the fuck? And now I'm at the third one, like, I am tired of where were, feeling. Where were the other ones? Uh, the first one was at Punchline. The second one was at Fergie's. Uh, and this is the third and last final uh, benefit show. Yeah. So that's how it's weird. That's how I feel emotions is by overworking myself. As something else, I, go, I like to go old school with my with my feelings. You know what I mean? Drown them in work. Yeah. <laughs> the way I, the way our forefathers did it. About forefathers, I mean my one dad. Uh. <laughs> hey, if it doesn't show up on a piss test, it's good. You know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. If you can find a way to cope that you can still get a job with. That's the that's, that's the route you want to go. Yeah. Or if you can find a way to cope by quitting your job in a very sensational way, that's awesome. <laughs> hey, what you did. That's what I did. I how, did you, how did you quit your job? I told my boss a month ago, I said, look, I, I don't know when I'm leaving, but I'm leaving. Oh, that's and, cool. Uh, yeah, so I, I gave him some time, you know. You gave a notice. Yeah. That's nice. Fuck yeah. him. I gave a, <laughs> you're dropping this on him tomorrow, like the day after yeah, a religious holiday. I just found a better job. That's and, dope. Yeah, I only have a few days notice to tell him so i'm telling him it's my last day on my that's last cool day. you know something this is the thing man and i say this, i don't know how cool you might be friends with boss and all that that's all nice and good mm-hmm. and well companies don't give a shit about you yeah in the day they don't they don't if you if you want to leave people like, man, I, I feel so obligated to say, fuck them they don't feel obligated to tell you what they about to fire you that ass they don't they don't oh, go, listen man i gotta send you this text to let you know in two weeks it's coming <laughs> never get that you never yeah. so i'll let I'll, what, I'll, what, I'll, what i tell people to do is just call out just keep calling out and then just just one day just like he didn't call today I don't think he's coming yeah. you know what I mean <laughs> well I definitely left jobs a couple of times oh dude yeah. that's the best way you, that's it a, feels good and you, you just, get unemployment you almost just jumped off the loading dock and walked into the sunset it's not a feeling you want to get hung up on Oh, it's, it's not something you want to get addicted yeah. to, like quitting jobs. Oh, dude, it feels so good. And, and he was addicted for a while. You that were right. You were getting jobs just to quit. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's all sorts of stuff. You know, How many jobs you got this week? I got seven jobs. I got to quit four. Hiding him in you, my basement. You, were, you had like seven jobs one year, and you quit all of them. <laughs> so fucking fast. Just for the, the, the Any, thriller, Are they like, like job jobs or like career? Oh, no, they're just jobs. Oh, yeah. oh, that's the best, oh, yeah. dude. Like, yeah. Jobs are made to be It's quit. like a retail store where they're hiring 100 people a year, and they're keeping like one of them. You're like 19. Seasonals are the best to leave because because oh, yeah. you know they don't give a shit. You, uh-huh. One day you just wake up like nah, not nah, I'm done. <laughs> Merry you know Christmas, I mean? bitch. I'm going home. <laughs> That's it. The season's over. You know what I mean? Like they just know. Seasonal jobs. You be like, yeah, that kid coming back? Nah, I think he's done, man. Last time he was no. here, he made a he made a weird noise when he picked up that last box. <laughs> I could tell he I could tell he was all done with this shit. He fell asleep in a pile of pillows in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> I used to work at a UPS. That was my last, I guess, major former Fuck. job. That's right? where I left. Oh, dude, it's UPS. fucking great. It's great. <laughs> UPS is great because yeah. when, when you leave and name everybody, you know, like I ended up being at UPS for three years, right? Mm-hmm. I came in seasonal and I stayed for three years. And it's best because you can tell who's done. Oh, yeah. You, know, you can tell mid-shift. Oh, you can, it's that moment where they yeah. bend over and they do that stretch where it's like, 
And they make, <laughs> and they make this face. They just look up in the sky. And they're like, that is like, it. You're speaking to him on a spiritual level right Dude, now. Dude, this, this, that's the thing. I remember it. I remember yeah. The day when they knew I was done. See, this funny. Because once you're in the union, you can tell the union people when they're going to quit. Yeah. They do. This was the funny thing. I came during lunch one day. Right? I was off. Came during lunch. Everybody's like, you ain't coming back, are you? And I, and I, and I went in and just... And a plastic just cleaned out my locker, yeah. right? And I'm walking out, and I'm talking to my uh, manager. He's like, hey, so you're back next week off vacation, right? And I'm standing with a bag full of my shit, like, oh, yeah, 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 I'm back tomorrow. See you tomorrow, yeah, see you tomorrow. And I just look at him like, are you an idiot? It's like a bag full of shit in my head. It's like squirrels when a hurricane's or coming, you know, like, or an earthquake or whatever. They start running into the trees. They know it's on. Only thing could have made it more dramatic if a breeze would have came through and, my, and a picture of, my, of somebody's kid would have fucking just floated to the floor out of my back. The only way it could have been more obvious. You fucking jacket. Like, I'm not coming back. I never came back. And then I just, they called me. And the best was when the union guy called me like a week later. It was like, yeah, Chris, they fired you for no call, no show. I was. He was like, so you want me to get your job back? I was, what do you think? He was like, all right, man, I'll see you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's you. And then I was on uh, unemployment for two and a half years. It was the best time of my life. No call, no show. I quit for no care, no go. Oh, uh, dude, fuck it, dude. I'm done. I had a, the best was, I'm standing there, and I was literally just like, I have, in my mind, I'm like, I have a bag full of shit. You know what I mean? I have shoes, boots I didn't wear. And like, these are extra pair of boots on. It's yeah. an extra pair of boots on my back. Like, I'm not taking these home to come to, to spiff them up for the job. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? This is it. This is the last hurrah. I'm off today. I came here. I'm half drunk. I'm, uh, I mean, that doesn't mean anything. Everybody in that job is half drunk. You know? oh, oh, <laughs> Clearly, too. Oh, yeah. We have drivers pull up just like, how'd you get here? <laughs> the question of how I got here is how I'm going to get out of here. You know? Tree branch hanging out of the exhaust. <laughs> Baby fucking girl. <laughs> Gurgling blood. You know what I mean? Where did this baby come from? I don't know. I don't know highway. Special delivery. All of your drivers, and they're incomprehensible on a good day. Dude, yeah. Uh, so how about you just leaving you for this? I'm just leaving. Yeah, like oh, tomorrow. Dude, that's, my oh, that's day. fucking a good move, bro. Yeah. Fuck them, too. Tell them you're coming. Right? <laughs> Tell them you're coming. There's no show. That hurts. Well, that, that, I mean, I remember those nights because I was an unloader. I used to unload trucks, right? I used yeah. to unload the trucks. And uh, I never sorted in pack trucks. I told him that, and I was short. I was only unloaded short. Yeah. One day, one night, we were shorthanded, and they was like, "You gotta go pack trucks." I, and they was like, I was like, uh, "I was like, no, I refuse to learn." They was like, "Huh? Was like, you can't refuse." I said, "Oh, can you make me learn?" <laughs> I said, you so you're gonna force me to learn a skill. I'm telling you, I don't want to do it, and I'm and I promise you, I feel nothing. It didn't work. And they knew this about me too. I felt absolutely. It's oh, a yeah. job. I yeah. told myself, if you send me over there, whoever's truck I'm packing will have the worst day. <laughs> I'm just gonna grab shit and throw it in. I promise. I will you. not pass level two of Tetris. Dude, they said, <laughs> they brought me over there. They thought I was bullshitting. I'm clearing no 15 lines. minutes later, he checked. He was like, are you just throwing us? I, I said, yes. I promised I would do it. Please go back. I was like, okay, thank you. And he goes, send somebody else. <laughs> what happened? I said, I told you, I, you, I can't force me to learn. It was, And you can't fire me because it's not what I was hired to do. Yeah. So fuck them. UPS was was a fun time in my life. It was the first time I rebelled against a a, a, a company, and I got a lot of people to quit that job. I felt happy about that. You unionized it on the way. Oh, uh, I union I union out. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I out unioned. 
Is that a thing? I don't know. It should be a thing. I think it is. You like double union because you guys are yeah. already unions. So yeah, out, like uh, you just out unioned the union. Yeah, yeah. Somehow, man. A lot of people left. A lot of people move. moved on to better shit, and you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and, and had a good time. So yeah. that's cool. Oh man, this was fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we finally met. Yeah, I'm glad we met too, man. And I, I'll come up and we'll do a real one one of these days, me, man. Here's my card. Yes, I have your card. Yeah, Mike, and yeah, we'll yeah. talk. Yeah, I'll text you in a second. And we we'll, we'll, we do like you know 40 minute episodes where we do like debates. Oh, dude, I love and, debates. You're yeah. talking. I, I don't know if you can tell me about personality. But it's like stupid debates. Like what, the first one we, we did with Latisse was our first episode. And we did, uh, who would be the best celebrity chef's, chef to stop an alien invasion? Oh, I'm all in. That kind of shit. So it's, it's and, and, and it's always Chef Gordon Ramsay. Yes. Uh, no, that's always the right answer. He's oh, the that's, fucking that's best. Yeah, yeah he's the best answer. fucking person. And plus, I feel like he's badass. He used to he used to do a lot of drugs, and I feel like he's doing <laughs> in the hood of, of the UK, which, yeah. if anybody knows about the UK, it's way worse than American hoods. It's hey. not good. It's not good. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, in Paris, it's like, Paris is, um... Like like gutter like like yeah. uh, um, uh, ghettos and stuff, awful. Wow. Yeah. Awful, awful. See GTA never taught me that. Oh dude, yeah. oh it's, <laughs> it's not good. Here. Not because they, they still do like old crimes too. Like they do breaking the innerings and call them B and E's. You know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, let's do let's pull a B and E at the Bobby. What the fuck is a Bobby? I don't know. I just made that word up. Bobby not even word. They do whatever racketeering is. Did that ever happen? Oh, they racketeer. They are all <laughs> no, about racketeering. The they racking them racketeers up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but all right, man. It was great talking to you, Chris, Thank Mike, you so much. Good talking. I appreciate and it. Good meeting you. Nice meeting you. Have a good one. You too. That was a lot of fun. I am excited to see how this that this night is, continues. That man has half the energy in this building. He's great. I I'm so glad that I met him. That was just a whirlwind of, of excitement and fun. Yeah. Oh, we got a person. We have somebody else coming. Dave. In. We didn't do the debates that we normally do. No, we just talked to people. Um, we just talked to people, and I, th- I think it worked out uh, for the best. I'd almost forgotten how much comedians can talk. Because... Mm. Uh, we haven't had one in so long. Yeah. I, I Comedi- kind of started to shy away. I forgot. Yeah, comedians, they talk for a living. They mm. can talk for a long time. They can hold a conversation, a yeah. very interesting conversation all by themselves for a long t- period of time. The, the first two that we had, the first two guests that we had, Latisse and Rick Overton, um, you know, they're both very talented stand-up comedians that I, you know, have major respect for. And they were so good that I'm like, you know what? We're not doing comics for a while <laughs> because I got <laughs> nervous that we were going to become like just... Because I know so many comics. I could yeah. just... We could do a whole show with comics and then we could burn out real quick. Mm-hmm. So I'm. I was thinking like, well, so that, yeah, that's what else we, can we do? Who else can we talk to? That's when we turned into like. So it branched out to yeah, everybody. Widely entertainment mm-hmm. artist kind yeah. of show. Because it, it's I, I I don't know. I think it was a good move because yeah. we have had people reach out. I've I've had a couple of messages where I said, you know, that was really good information. Um, I put up a post. Yeah, and we get uh, to talk to. If we were doing just comedians, it would be interesting, but. It would just it would be a pretty narrow cast because mm-hmm. we'd be talking about the same thing every week. It's going to be the same show every time. But you know now we're talking to mm-hmm. uh, directors yeah. and but actors, not the same show, but a stuntman, yeah, uh, a cosplayer. You get everybody. So I actually I put up a post where I said, um, if you've ever wanted to get into anything relating to entertainment, what was it? Um, just to see what people would say, and everyone said porn. 
Uh, Everybody. <laughs> I That is one you know, facet of entertainment you, I've you, never touched. You read any article about the porn industry, and specifically for men, to be a male porn star, you generally have to start in gay porn. Stuff. And they have what's called gay for pay, which uh, these guys, you know, they're not even particularly uh, gay, but they do it because that's where the money is mm-hmm. when you're a, a male wanting to be a male porn star. It's like, obviously, if you're not gay, but you're doing gay porn, you're obviously serious about that business. Mm-hmm. So then you build up your reputation. It's just like anything else, you know, if mm-hmm. you're not if that's not how you lean it's yeah it, it's not something that i i think i would be able to do or maybe a lot of people wouldn't be able to do not because it i can't pee with somebody next to me how am i supposed to get hard with first off you know an entire film crew with then like you know another guy oh and it's so next to me it's not a f- super it's fun probably way better read, looking than me. you read i read about you, sometimes you read about this kind of stuff because you're like i wonder what that's like mm-hmm. and then you read how awful it is i have to maintain an erection for like three hours oh yeah because it's not even like a chronological thing which we know from doing film oh, yeah. you're not just i want to talk about you're next. not just having sex straight for 20 minutes you're having like mm-hmm. like 25 seconds here stop yeah. bring in the fluffer keep They're, this guy yeah. hard they're getting change shots everything around yeah they got to do framing, and, you know, if something happens where they got to switch something out, they got to change the SD card. Oh, <laughs> Dude's just in the corner, like, I got to figure out how to, how to stay um, at attention here. In oh, and everyone's in, an, uh, everyone's in an uncomfortable uncomfortable position, so you can see, so the camera can see what's oh, going on. You can on. see everything, always. Yeah. Which is odd. And it's, I've, I've, I've heard that it's, it's sometimes quite painful for them. I, I believe it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I get cramps just like doing normal human being stuff like i was on my roof yesterday putting up mm. cleaning out the gutters and putting up christmas lights yeah. i got a cramp just sitting <laughs> that's not okay having to stand with like your leg behind your head to just get that perfect under the ball shot <laughs> yeah, i don't for think real. i couldn't do it there's no way yeah like see like you see this shit like like the guy's got his knee up above his ear mm-hmm. and it's just like he's got to somehow balance himself and thrust like a fucking rabbit i couldn't that, that, that is athleticism. <laughs> Performing in it, filming it, whatever it is. Somebody responded to that question saying they wanted to get into filmmaking, which I, I had referenced that we spoke to Avery mm-hmm. um, in episode three where he, I'll just read this, where he gave us some good insight on his process as a director. I've worked on several film sets. The hours are long and the work is hard. You have to love it. But when you love it, it's exciting. Something about the shuffle and the chaos is thrilling. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, so we've got um, a very good picture. You you took a very good picture of me at the end of a day of shooting. Um, Did we ever tell this on the? Uh, I think we've talked about it. We just yeah. have a hard time. F- I have a hard time finding the picture on my phone. You wanted you a picture it. in all of your your uh, equipment yeah, and everything, I was sound. which I, was I strapped in. I obliged, but mm-hmm. I said I'm gonna, and I told you this. I am going to need another picture of you later. Totally. And I was like, yeah, sure, that sounds good. You had no idea what I well, was doing. I think you said you wanted a candid picture. Like, you said, mm-hmm. I'll, like, you agreed, but then you said you would take a picture when I wasn't mm-hmm. expecting it. Just yeah. to, like, and then I, I was like, okay, sure, I can kind of <laughs> see where he's going with this. But, uh, yeah, you wanted to capture that, like, raw yeah, I, state of being. I knew what was going to happen as soon as the momentum was over, <laughs> as soon as the chaos and the shuffle had ended. I knew because this was your first long day on a set. Um, was it? it? No, I'd worked a couple of long days before that. Not I'd, like that, though. 
episode one of Layered. I uh, that first day was twelve hours, and I was running sound the whole time. But I had someone mm. to help me. And with and that, you had your arms day, over your head the whole time too. Yeah, because my because my PA could not understand the concept of hold it like this, not like a fishing pole. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had to do that. Yeah. And day two of that shoot, I had I was PA for eighteen hours. Uh, but then, ep- went like a year later, we were shooting episode two, and I was I came to be a PA. I ended up getting to be I ended up getting to be sound because. There was no sound guy, apparently. Yeah. Well, he ducked. He, he ducked out. He was out there for the fight. first day, and then the second day, he didn't show up. So I'm like two for three on sound guys not showing up, and that means I get to do it. Mm-hmm. Sound, my weakest field in all of filming, <laughs> but I've been in the sound man twice. Yeah. Hey, you did it, and you did yeah. good. So that was a um, long day, like almost 16 hours, I think. I, I will say this. When I'm watching an independent film, when I'm watching a low-budget thing, the one thing that sticks out to me, you know, the, the cinematography can be whatever it is. If a shot's off, I'm not going to notice. I don't have mm-hmm. that eye. Yeah. But what I notice and what I th- I think probably stands out the most to a lot of people because it's so evident is bad sound. Mm-hmm. Like if you go from one shot to the next and the exposure is different or just the background noise yeah. is a little louder or something and you just feel it. Yeah. And, and I can tell... Mm-hmm. I think I can say from experience, even though it is limited experience, a lot of that is probably a sound. Whoever's running sound is not advocating for sound. Yeah. The sound director is a director. They have the they have and should have the power to say cut because this isn't working. If you had done that, it would have been fine. Yeah. It, because because I, I think I did have to do it a couple times because yeah. the sound just wasn't right. Like we had a, a like mm-hmm. I. When you have that stuff on, you can hear things that nobody else can. So, like, if a plane's going overhead, mm. or if there's a car two oh, yeah, down. Oh, yeah, you definitely call you say, hey, plane, or yeah. there's a car I coming. Cut, we got a plane. Because you got super ears going. Or, uh, cut, I need you to speak louder. Mm. Cut, let me and it's, this. You know, and, and yes, you absolutely should be making those calls, because if you're not... No one else can hear it. Yeah, no one you, else can hear it, you, but the shot becomes useless. Yeah, you have... When you're running sound, you have to advocate for the quality of the sound. Mm-hmm. So, we, sound people out there, keep doing what you do. How did we get here? We were talking about something else. I, well, I was going through the... Uh, oh, the, the picture of me. The responses to the uh, the questions that I got here. We, we Yeah, and then we talked about the picture of me and the mm. sound equipment. Oh, yeah, eating, the picture of eating you. Eating the apple strudel. Yeah, so as soon as they called, you know, that's a wrap and everything. We took our pictures and hugged and everything and all that. Um, Andy was, was hungry and he was tired because it had just hit you that, oh, shit, we're done. Yeah, it's finally over. So you a, sat down. It, it was not a. It was not a happy day either. We had a hard time. <laughs> That's what happens on. I mean, not not like it was. Oh, we hate everybody here or anything. It's just a long day, and you know, not everything was going right. It's just a general sense of hate for the universe, really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just like <laughs> I got to do I can this. It. Like it's just you're there for the day, and we're not designed to do that. No, but we do it, and because you've said it, the worst day on a film set is better than the best day anywhere else that is yeah that's a tommy Wiseau quote that's it that's right yeah. Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> so which is yeah and and it's true it especially for me i'm not exactly the and tommy saw a lot of bad days on film sets <laughs> i'm not the, the the filmmaking type i don't think 
No. Um, oh yeah. By the way, I like all it, these but... days I was on the, I'm on set that I described. You were there too, mm-hmm. doing a much more difficult job that is wrangling people. <sighs> That's you were script supervisor and I think you were AD as mm-hmm. well. Yep, I was elected to that several times. Um, I, I guess just due to my ability to be diplomatic. Assistant director, that is, mm. AD. Yes, that is, yeah, I've been assistant director, script supervisor. That Now, script supervisor, all they do is make sure that um, people are adhering to the script, that we're getting to the shots on time, and to a lesser degree works with the actors to make sure that they're, you know, they're on tone and they know what their motivations are. So I ended up kind of becoming an acting coach. There's more directors than you would think on a set. There's the director mm-hmm. who's like director prime, but then yeah. there's like other, like the sound director, and there's the guy in charge of the lights if the light's not working right. And then mm-hmm. there's the um, director of photography. If the camera's not working right, then the DP's got to say something. And, and then you have then the, there's the, the script supervisor. You're basically directing the actors between takes. Yeah. Now, the assistant director kind of works on... Uh, the director works on everything that's on the set. The assistant director tends to work on everything that's off the set. So, you know, making sure that people show up on time. Mm-hmm. Um, a, lot know, of, mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of working with wrangling people. If there's any coordination of, of vendors, of rental equipment, um, just equipment in general, props, all that kind of stuff. Assistant director tends to handle that. All the unglamorous things. All the unglamorous stuff, in conjunction with the director, who's also, you know, just constantly stressed and doing every job a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, it's a mess. To answer, I don't know who actually asked me this question, because I didn't... I just screenshotted it. You know, it's so just... It's gone. It just hit me that we were actually doing a listener's questions section. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it took me... I'm <laughs> special. I've been up a no, lot. I've, 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 I woke up early... It's okay. I, I think, I hope that we did good. If the person who asked this is listening, please let me know if that answers your question. Yeah, that 10-minute tangent. That 10-minute sure tangent. We put a lot of effort into that. I put my heart and my soul into it. You better be appreciative. Yeah. I couldn't even commit to that. And, you know, if if not, if you're not the person who asked, if you got something out of that, let me know. If you have any other questions, let me know. Send us a message to the All Serious Very Adult Podcast Facebook page. Just bump my mic. Ah, you're fine. I, I didn't see anything on here. Okay. I'm, I'll hear it later for sure. Um, you wanted to maybe do like a weekly question thing? I would like to, and we tried in the beginning. And then we just like, every once in a while we harvest that. <laughs> but uh, what else do we get? We got uh, Wiggly Air, which is uh, I, uh, music. So I, I was talking to Austin. We've had musicians. Yeah. Um, Austin and Matt now, Supnick. Yes. Oh, yeah, we had Matt as well. Um, and then we also have Chris Waters, who we haven't air- aired his yet. Um, but what I responded, and I'll just do this one real quick. Um, Wiggly Air is a lot of fun. To anyone who hasn't experimented with an instrument, do it. It is incredibly rewarding. The worst that can happen is you don't vibe with it, and that's it. Oh, and maybe calluses. So if you want to try an instrument, do it. See if if it works with you. Maybe, you know... Banjo is your thing. Try it. Banjo's fun. Yeah, banjo. It's a fun instrument. I tried bass early in college, Mm -hmm. and that didn't work out because I can't remember chords. But but do you do you regret the time with it? Those brief lessons? No, I learned a chord and I remembered it for about a week. And for that week, Mm -hmm. I knew how to play a chord on bass. Yeah. So it's you tried it and and it wasn't for you, and that's fine. You know, I can't remember. (laughs) 
<laughs> anything. I'm if I didn't <laughs> learn when I was fifteen, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be able to do it now. You're one of the few people who actually can successfully taught themselves. That was and yeah. you can you you can also a lot of people who do teach themselves have trouble reading sheet music, but you, I can't read sheet music at all. You can read it, but I can't at no, all. I you can't can... read sheet music, but I can understand in, in in a sense, not in the way that you know people know the names of notes and where they belong and everything. I don't know any of that by name, but if I hear somebody play something or say, "Okay, well, this is in this key," I can figure it out. I That's, can make it happen. That is the next best thing. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's you're just not like, improv. Yeah, you didn't. You're not the, the self-taught that is playing by memory. You mm-hmm. learned all the stuff. You just don't have names for it. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's what Austin says, and I think he said it in the episode he was in, was you you know all of it, you just don't know it by name or something like that. Yeah, it's like knowing all the animals, but you just don't know it. Like instead, like what's a zebra? That's Greg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and it's like that. And that's Gregory, the animal. So, you know, on music, if you ever want to try doing music, being music, and people, especially with comedy, the, the comedy community is always like, oh, there's too many comedians, or there's too many whatever, and it happens in music, too. People always say, oh, there's too many musicians trying to be musicians and trying to put out songs, and yeah, of course, there's going to be some not-so-great stuff out there, but I think it's a very good thing that the medium exists that people can try that and do it. And if they want to put something out, they can. Because I'm sure we found a lot of stuff now that we wouldn't have found before, mm-hmm. you know, where, where there wasn't that venue. So if you're creative and you want to try something, do it. You know, the, the serious people will stick with it and the not serious people won't. Yep. No, har- no harm in trying. Mm-hmm. Just like, so, like we did. Um, <laughs> do you want to kick it... <laughs> Do you think, uh, should we kick it to one more question and then to the interview? Yeah. Yeah, we'll do that. Um, let's see. Porn industry, porn. Porn, porn, porn. We got talk show host, which I, I said, unfortunately, I, this is, I'm the closest thing to a talk show host we've had on my show, unfortunately. That's what we do. We do a talk show. Which is a weak and awful failure on my end. We've done two talk shows. We have. Yeah. So, obviously, yeah, we don't know what it's like to host a television program, but... We have hosted a show in, we've in done some a, regard. We've done a live show for a year. Yeah, we did a live show for a long time, which we've both agreed was much harder than this one. Yeah, this is way easier. Mm-hmm. This is way easier. The quality's better, I think. And I'm, I'm happier with this in general. So in terms of hosting your own show, this is another thing where people say, oh, there's too many podcasts. And there's a lot of podcasts. And I think it's because it's it's easy to put one out now. Yeah, it's it's a. I would go so far as to say it's a good thing that there's a lot of podcasts because mm-hmm. that means there's a lot of people who have found an outlet to express themselves. Yeah, and now, yeah, they're not, not all, all going to be good. Yeah, that's fine. You don't have to listen to all of them. There's plenty of tools out there mm-hmm. like rating systems and recommendations. Plenty of ways to find the good ones, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. or what's really going to vibe with you. Yeah, but then stuff gets buried. You know, and it's especially, it happens. There's a lot of it. And especially if you find something that you do like, odds are you're going to be able to that much easier find more stuff that you like. And then that will lead you to stuff mm-hmm. that you might not have found otherwise. Like, I can't tell you. A couple, I think it was a couple of years ago, I started listening to uh, audio drama podcasts. 
I started with We're Alive, which is a zombie mm. one. From that's that's started, a popular genre now. It's uh, huge. The audio dramas? Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. Which is huge. great. I love that it's coming back. We're Alive started back in 2009, which was like the dawn of podcasts, mm-hmm. I think. And then they ran until 2014. Then they've done a couple miniseries since then. But just from that podcast, uh, just looking at the iTunes recommendations, I found more shows and more shows and more shows. Like from We're Alive, I found you might like The Bright Sessions. You, and then you might like Ars Paradoxica. You might like Wolf 359. You might like The Black Tapes. You might like uh, Tannis. I heard about The Black Tapes. I listened to a couple of Night Vales. Uh, you, you recommended um, Welcome to the Night Vale. Yeah. Uh, you might like No Sleep. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's good I will stuff. evangelize The Black Tapes, even if the ending isn't great. Have you made any progress on yours? Nah, it's done. It's done? Nah, oh, you're bagging out? It's scrapped. Yeah. It's it, no good. It was worth a shot. I guess. You, yeah. you did something with it. You decided, you know, this isn't for me. And eventually you're going to come up with something else that mm-hmm. will work. And that's... and I, I just name-dropped a lot of really cool podcasts, by the way. <laughs> I totally... Check, them all, check all of them out because they're great. We're getting sponsored by all of them. I hope right so. Now. 100%. They're really giving us. We're gonna start. We're gonna start getting oh, emails right here. From, we're gonna start getting emails from that mattress company that sponsors everybody. Casper. <laughs> we're gonna get emails from every podcast saying, "Stop telling us we're sponsoring you. <laughs> we would never give you guys money." D and D podcasts too, like The Adventure Zone and Critical Role are great. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I you know, and I get stuck in this too. I have a lot of projects that I've started on, and. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, and yeah, it's slowly killing him. <laughs> I'm not long for this world. No. Uh, yeah, so there, I've had a lot of projects I've started on, and I just I hit a dead end, and I'm like, oh, I'll come back to this, and I never come back to it. And I, I think it gets a little discouraging when you put so much thought into something like, okay, this is it. This is going to be the one that I'm going to put all of my eggs into, in, into this basket here, and I'm going to make something out of it. And and nothing happens. And of course that's a disappointing feeling. But I think the experience that you get from doing that one thing and failing pushes you toward what's going to get you, you know, wh- whatever you're going to do next. Uh, you're going to draw from that experience and say, okay, well, I liked this from that last thing. And then maybe eventually you figure out why it didn't work. Um and then you can pull from that as well, you know. Especially with stand-up, mm-hmm. writing comedy is—I have so many bits that I thought were great, and they were not. Like the time you brought a harmonica <laughs> on stage. See that, and I—we talked about this in the last one. That's yep. It's that—that that is, I—I I, I used to have a name for it. It's—it's it's a no-pressure mic, where you show up and it's—it's it's not a hot room. There's it's. The only people in there are other comics. It's an yeah. open mic. So you're like, all right, I'm going to try something and see what happens. And Robert Klein's the only one that can do it. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I found that out the hard way. Yep. And it's fine. And it's and as I said, it's one of the only shows that I ever left not feeling terrible about after bombing. I've seen you... I've only seen you perform as a comedian twice. And both times you bombed. <laughs> Three times. Actually, because you saw me the first time ever, 
which I at the hotel. Yeah, I thought was going to be you know that was going to be my big thing. Then I and saw I you was at the a naive child. That, then I saw you at the open mic at that bar. Mm-hmm. When was the third time? The third time was when we did the live broadcast from Indian Acres, which right. I actually I actually did very well there. I was uh, you, that's right. You did do very well. Mm-hmm. I was a little busy. Because I was, ho- I was holding down the fort. Yeah, you were talking to the uh, to the, the good people watching. I was trying to mm-hmm. put a leash on Sakoli. But if you listen in the background, you can hear me talking, and you can hear the audience laughing, and it's because now that was a, a mic where it wasn't a, it wasn't a mic because I was paid for it and I was there for a reason. Yeah. Um, that's where practice worked out. You mm-hmm. know, I had that was a, a set. That was a tough crowd too because. That day, that, that was a sh- that was a shitty day. Oh it, right, because it rained. We almost got rained out. Yeah, it was raining, and it was people were we were trying to convince people not to leave, and I was actually responsible for that show. Mm-hmm. Um, if you we, remember, I had to set everything up. Very nearly got canceled, and they were looking at me to call whether or not it was going to go or not. You I'm made like, a good call though. The yeah. rain stopped. We the rain stopped. We were able to, you know. The, the, what am I trying to say? The rain stopped. The ground dried up enough. Mm-hmm. Chairs were put out there. Show was great. Because the, the pressure was on. Because it was raining a lot. And people were talking about leaving. And I checked the broadcast or the uh, for the, the uh, forecast. forecast for it. And it said that the rain was going to stop basically at the exact moment that we were supposed to start the show. And I... It wasn't looking good. It wasn't looking like that was going to happen. Yeah. Oh, and the chairs were out there getting rained on, mm. so... But it was the first show that I ever produced. And I was trial, like, I... That was a trial by fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like, I, I need to make this happen. And the other comics were, were so very patient with me. We had... Uh, who did we have? We had Joey Callahan. We had Bob Marsdale. And we Mike had Sicoli. Mike Sicoli. And me. And they were great. They were... Fantastic as they are, all whoever, whoever professionals. Opened, whoever opened that show was a goddamn superhero. Because <laughs> yeah. everyone was cranky. That was, I, I think, Sicoli was host for that. I want to say. And yeah, but we we did it, and we had a great show. And yeah, that's just one of those things where I pulled from my past experiences, and because that's that's all it is with with performance is what works and what doesn't work and now you know looking back i know how much of that wouldn't work currently mm-hmm. um i had a lot of filler at that point but it's good that's good i think to have stuff that's not good because then you know it's going to be better yeah. later you mine through the shit it's so we've got don't be afraid to try things cuz at least you tried mm-hmm. and what did you just say? <laughs> <laughs> don't be afraid to be bad, I think. There you go. Yeah, because yeah, there, there's that thing of, you know, don't be bad or whatever. or uh, Don't be afraid to try. But I think that, that leaves out the variable of, well, if I try, I'm going to suck. Of course you're going to suck. I'm still worried about that because I know I suck. Oh, yeah. And that's, a, I think, a good thing to know that you suck. And I, I tell people any chance I get. That I get nervous when I get comfortable, mm-hmm. because it makes me think, "What am I forgetting, right now? What, what am I, what am I missing here?" Now, see, I'm the exact opposite. If I'm comfortable, I am confident that I haven't <laughs> fucked up anything. If I'm uncomfortable, it's because I know I've forgotten something. Mm-hmm. But if, I, man, all right, <laughs> brains, our brains work different. Yeah, that, I, that's just 
the way I work is if I get comfortable, I'm like, hold up. That's it's the, it's, it's the, the silence before the storm. That's the anxiety. Oh, for sure. It's, I think it's, it's, I mean, it's certainly a bad thing because it weighs on me and I get stuck in my own head, but it's, it has its advantages in the sense that yeah, like it keeps me vigilant. And it keeps you constantly pushing to improve yourself. Mm-hmm. I, I never want to lose that. And I've mentioned this a few times in the show. Um, when I asked Rick Overton one of my biggest comedy questions that I never got to ask anybody, I never thought about it um, until I was thinking, I'm like, what am I going to do? How am I going to talk to this guy? Which he makes very, he, he makes it very easy. To talk. And I would talk to him before, so I don't know why I was so nervous uh, to speak with him. Maybe because, you know, there's microphones involved now. But I, I asked him, you know, when you're doing stand-up or, you know, when you started... Did you ever fear the lack of fear? Did you ever fear that that fire going away? And he said, you know, um, I, I'm just going to post the clip here when we put it up. Yeah, we've been going for a while. We've been going for a long time. I need to wrap it up. <laughs> yeah. But, it, he, you know, he basically said, no, he, he doesn't fear it because it, that fear doesn't look good on, on an older person. Eventually, you're going to be comfortable, but there there is always that you know that little bit of a of a of an itch to to get better. Yeah. Mm. Okay, I hate to cut you off. We've been recording this for fifty minutes. <laughs> this was supposed to be twenty minutes. Hey, well, if you, we're not careful, we're going to do another two-hour solo episode. You knew it wasn't going to be twenty minutes, sure. But I we was both aimed hoping. for it, and it never happened. So uh, we're going to kick it over to Chris. Our interview with Chris. What's his name? Yeah, this is Chris Cotton. Um, this is, yeah, from our, our series Cotton, at Helium. This yeah. will be one of four. Yeah, we talked to four people. Yeah. So, so yeah, we're going to kick it to our interview with Chris mm-hmm. Cotton at the Helium. And, uh, I mean, you're going to hear our voices again, but, <laughs> shit, what do I say now? <laughs> we'll see you. I don't know what we say at this point. It's almost like, it's almost like we're never going to see these people again. It's almost like we're never going to see our audience again. We're marching to our deaths. <laughs> what if this is it? What if this is, this is the final thing? Just send it to the thing. Let's go. Let's go. Send it to Let's the thing. Go. We've been doing this for 50 minutes. Your cube extensions. Wait. <laughs> sorry, Andy. Say that again. What's up? And now we take a trip to the Anvil to visit those who wanted to sponsor us but gave us a bad check. Hey, Abby. What you got for us? Pube ever... extensions. Pube extensions. Yes. Tell me more. For when you want to go all natural. <laughs> Super natural. <laughs> yeah, but you don't want to show everything. So you, you okay. want to hide it, it's kind of, and you want to look good. So it's like it's like a wig is to extensions as a merkin is to pubic extensions. Right. Okay. Andy, can you give us the rundown of which date is is each date? Okay. The first date, <laughs> the first date is the one where you meet each other and you tell each other about your likes and dislikes and your personalities. Uh, I might actually move that timetable. The second date is when you talk about what you're into in bed. And so that way you have time to prepare for the sex date, which is the third date. After you go on the after you go on sex date is when you need to have your pubic extension ready. And uh, you gotta now this is this is important. Do you want these these are these come the, the pubic extensions when they're applied they're straight. You need to get them permed too. You gotta get your pubic extensions permed so that they don't look out of place. You can get curly 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 straight. You don't you don't want, you don't want that. But if your partner's really into a big fucking bush, pubic extensions. 
<laughs> they come in a variety of colors. Yes, you can, a variety of colors the and textures. <laughs> you can paint with the colors of the wind oh. and my pubes. I'm wearing the. Uh, here, you want to see? I've got a I, sample. Andy, right you wore short enough shorts. I think you went a little overboard on the on the pube extensions because. Well, I had to sample every color. <laughs> I got it in the pizza. These are the, these are, um, these are the, the brown, dark brown ones. These are the black ones. The blonde, red. Uh, you have a whole supply with, case over they, here. No, these are skin tone in case you kind of want to get a subdued look. And then you got like the neon colors that go with like funny, fun dyed hair. This one's rainbow. It's like it goes each color sequentially along the hair. He's pulling it out as if he's selling me Rolexes from a trench coat. Yeah. <laughs> but it's inside of his pants. So, uh... This is bad. Pube extensions. Thank you, Abby, for bringing this product to us. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I would have us talk to our satisfied customers, but they're... <laughs> as of yet, have not been any. Be only lawsuits. Don't be caught with your pants down on sex date without... <laughs> without pube extensions. Hide that... Hide your filthy genitals with technicolor <laughs> pubic hair that is, like, four inches long. Bye, everybody. <laughs> I'm sorry, boss.